Welcome to the Responsible Podcast. Your host, Stanley J. Targos III, is the founder of the Responsible Brand and the Responsible Network. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. This is Stanley Targos with the Responsible Brand, here to have another discussion or another topic that we're going to jump into called the basics, the B-A-S-I-C-S. It's an acronym which stands for the balance, the active economy, the supercharged savings strategy, the interest rate, cash flow management, and side hustle income plan. B-A-S-I-C-S is what we're going to discuss today. And we're going to jump into each one to understand how they work for you or against you. And even if you're not aware of them, after you become aware of them, how you can use them to increase your lifestyle and help you achieve your goals faster, better, and easier. So let's jump into this. When we talk about debt, for example, we talk about a retirement. We talk about a savings account or an emergency fund. The one thing we want to know is what's the balance? What is your balance? What's the principal? What's the original amount of money that was borrowed for your home if it's a balance on your mortgage? What's the amount of money that's available in your retirement account? What's the amount of money? What's the balance in your emergency fund? So we know that the balance doesn't include the gains that you have if it's a stock-based or if it's an investment or an asset or what the interest being charged if it's a, a debit or a line of credit. However, it's the amount of money that you have the day we start. And let's focus on the balance of a debt, a credit card debt, a mortgage, a car loan, a student loan, a line of credit, a home equity line of credit. There's many different kinds of debts that are out there. When we think about the balance of those debts, we want to look at it in many different ways. But what we really want to focus on is, is it a large debt? Is it a small debt? Is it a debt that is staying level? Is the balance maintaining? Is it $3,000 and is it maintaining $3,000, meaning you're adding to it and paying off and it's maintaining a, a level amount each month or you're only servicing the interest and the balance is staying the same? Are you being aggressive and are you paying it down? Is it on a fixed term, a 10-year term where that balance is going to be paid off in 10 years, last payment made on month 120? Is it a balance that's increasing? Is it a balance that started out at three grand two years ago and now is at 7,000? What that tells us is a lot about what's happening in your economy and your world. It tells us either you're making enough money and you're surviving. Maybe you're in the midst of some trauma and some stress and some financial hardship and your balance is growing because you need to borrow some money to make it happen. When we think about debts, I'm interested in those and your responsible brand, your responsible plan, your responsible strategies interested in how that balance is functioning because that determines what we want to do with it and how we want to implement it, use it, or eliminate it moving forward. If it's a balance of an emergency fund or a savings account or a retirement account, we want to look at is that balance being added to? Has that balance changed? Has that balance dipped or grown substantially in the last couple of months or couple of years? How many years do you have to fund it before you retire is a great question to ask. We talked about the questions that you want to ask in a previous episode, but the balance of an emergency fund, a savings account, a retirement account, an E-Trade account, are you adding to it? Are you expecting a rate of return? Do you need a rate of return? The balance is important because the balance tells us what you have access to. Your goal for this conversation 
is really twofold. One, to get to the point where you can retire or achieve or buy something or to get to the point where you're debt free. So let's focus on the debt free piece of the puzzle instead of everything else. Let's focus this whole conversation on the balance of what you owe and how we can eliminate it strategically, making sure that we're being responsible towards your lifestyle, your mental health, and your timeline for when you want to be debt-free. After we're debt-free, a lot of what we hear about managing payments and saving interest comes into play. When you're debt-free, you've got so much more money that you can invest in Roth IRAs, 401ks, IRAs, savings, emergencies, all those different accounts. But for today, is the balance growing, staying the same, or increasing or decreasing, sorry. Is the balance increasing, staying the same, or decreasing? That tells us a lot about where we want to apply that specific loan in the overall strategy of managing your economic world. When we think about the economic world, we call it A, or active economy. It's defined as your distribution of monies money that leaves your economy, plus money's coming into your economy and how you delegate them. We take this into account to make sure that you feel 100% comfortable with the strategy and your daily lifestyle. What we can't do is wave a magic wand and say, bippity boppity boo, 100% of the money that comes into your economy goes to pay off debt. That just doesn't work. That's not realistic. That's not reasonable. That's not smart. What is important is to understand how money comes in your economy and leaves your economy so that you can make subtle changes that allow you to achieve your goals more efficiently. What I mean by that is you can pay it on the 1st, you can pay it on the 15th, and on those days, all of your automatic payments come out. You don't have any extra wiggle room, you don't have any extra savings, you don't have any extra cash that's available. Everything comes in, everything goes out. If you adjust that, instead of making automatic payments based on what you were what you started with, let's adjust it to an automatic payment based on the minimum payments that are available for everything so that we can accumulate extra money on those days to stay in our economy. Now, where this comes into play, maybe you've got a student loan, for example, and you make $60,000, $80,000, $100,000 a year. You're on a 10-year payoff plan, and I respect that. I wouldn't encourage you to be irresponsible with your payoff plan, but for the next 18 to 24 months, for the next starting point to build your foundation, let's do an income-driven payment on that loan and see if it produces a lower monthly amount, a lower minimum that you can make so we can capture some cash in your active economy and apply it to the right area that makes sense for you based on the balance of the debts that we just talked about. So what a lot of families that I've seen do is they treat every debt like a silo. Well, the payment's $37, I'm gonna round it up to 50. The payment's $82, I'm gonna round it up to 100. The mortgage payment is 1350, I'm gonna round it up to 1500. So they have all these automatic payments that come out and then they struggle to have cash on hand for things that are important or to build an emergency fund or to build a savings account or to be aggressive with the right debt. They take all their debts and treat them equally across the board and eliminate them equally with the extra resources that are happening in their economy. A second piece of an active economy is what do you do when you get a, an extra amount of money, like a tax refund? a bonus, or 
uh, someone gifts you a thousand dollars or you sell your moped, your motorcycle, your rowboat, and you get $2,200 or $1,800 that comes in, what do you do with that? Well, if you're not managing your active economy, that money comes in and goes and it's gone, it's lost, it's, it's not wasted, but it's not used efficiently. What we're really interested in doing is helping people and families to manage their active economy so that it's responsibly being used to achieve their goals. Once we maintain and manage control and get control of our active economy, we can then start building the rest of our picture. The next piece of the picture is the S, the first S for supercharged saving strategy. And we just talked about 18 to 24 months to build a life. Supercharged saving strategy is utilizing the appropriate savings tools by managing your active economy, controlling your debt, your balances, your minimum, your maximum payments, and your actual payments, and accelerating the savings in your emergency fund so that you can be aggressive with the proper debts when the time is right. So your supercharged savings strategy is really taking the overflow from your active economy and using it efficiently in the right way. If we know that you're able to save on your economy $100 a month, so you put a new line item in your active economy that says $100 a month goes to my emergency fund. And my goal is to build an emergency fund of five grand or 10 grand, whatever the number is. If I'm saving in that fashion, I have a systematic, disciplined approach that builds that supercharged saving strategy. I can supercharge it by minimizing my payments on my other bills and debts and taking the overflow to put it into this supercharged saving strategy. The third piece of the supercharged saving strategy is what are you earning in that account on an annual basis to make those dollars work hard for you? So I'm not talking about going to the casino or buying Bitcoin or something like that. I'm talking about, is there a money market? Is there a, we just heard about I treasury bonds or the I bonds from the treasury that are paying 9.15% for one year. Well, that might be a good spot for money to work harder for you. That 9% is a great value for you as far as helping you offset debts and accumulate money and build your savings more efficiently without taking much risk. Maybe. Now, I'm not making a recommendation that you go do that, but it's the same thing. If you earn 3%, 4%, 5%, maybe it makes sense to take some of your savings and supercharge it by letting it work and earn something that is guaranteed and won't be lost in a risk environment. If we know for the next 18 to 24 months, we're going to be actively focused on supercharging this savings to build the emergency fund and to build a savings account at the same time so that we have something for short-term small issues. Your tire's going, you need 400 bucks. That's a savings issue in my mind. The roof goes or the furnace goes, you need 10 to 12 grand. That's an emergency fund issue. The good news is, we're not bumping across $10,000 expenses every year for most people. Now, they do come up every once in a while, and when they do, having the emergency fund allows you to tackle it with grace. Supercharging that emergency fund gives you the flexibility and permission to move forward and eliminate debt and achieve your other goals with structure. We like the structure of it because it's 
predictable. We like the strategy behind it because it lets you know what's the next step in the plan. When we think of the basics, the next letter is I, and that stands for interest rates. When most people think of interest rates, they listen to a lot of the snowball strategies for debt reduction. They listen to the the people on TV talking about what you're earning in the market, and they think interest rate is something that's that's the whole picture, whether it's debt or retirement. What you earn in an interest rate, your ROI or your APR is what drives the strategy. Well, interest rate is not the main feature in this show. Interest rate is a component. We're not going to pay off the highest interest rate always. We're not going to pay off the lowest interest rate last always. Now, there is some logic and reason behind why you might want to do that or implement that or apply those components. But only focusing on the interest rate isn't the end-all be-all of this conversation. The interest rate is used to help determine which debts we pay off when combined with the balance, the monthly payment, and what you're earning in the side savings account or the supercharged savings strategy. So interest rate isn't the place that I want to start and end. Interest, plate, interest rate is one of, the, one of the components. It's one of the ingredients into making a, an, excellent, an excellent meal for you. And if you think about what everyone has in their in their palate, some people like spicy, some people don't. Some people like salty, some people don't. Some people like sweet, some people don't. Some people are allergic to milk, some people aren't. So interest rate is one of those things that's flexible, that's variable in some environments, and that has the ability to change based on what's important. When we think of interest rate, is it a fixed interest rate? Is it something that's 7% for the life of the loan? Is it 4.2% in a student loan for the life of the loan? Is it an introductory rate at zero or 1% for 12 or 24 months and then it goes to 12, 13, 15%? Is it at 26% because when you got that loan, you had bad credit and that's the penalty? All of those come into play for how we tackle that interest rate piece of the, of the strategy. But really what it boils down to is how do we acknowledge the interest rate and its place in order of importance to use a proper strategy to eliminate all of your debt or in a happy scenario to build your retirement? And again, we're focusing on debt. We're focusing on strategy to pay off debt and to maintain control of your economy so you have permission to do things like invest aggressively for your retirement, like invest aggressively for the second home, like take extra vacations and enjoy your lifestyle. So let's focus on the debt. Let's focus on the interest rate as one piece of the puzzle. Let's focus on the interest rate as something that is traditionally been the highlight, but really is an equal partner to five or six other pieces. So we've had the balance, high or low. Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Is it staying the same? We have the active economy, which lets us know how we manage minimum payments, actual payments, maximum payments, where we take extra money and set it until we're ready to aggressively pay off debt. We have the supercharged saving strategy is what we're building to have a emergency fund, a savings account, and then extra aggressive money that we can really jump into reducing debt quickly based on our priorities. And then the interest rate, which helps us to understand how much we're being 
how much we're spending or we're losing or we're risking based on our cash flow. So I know interest is something that we don't want to pay a lot on. But for the next 6, 12, 18, or 24 months, controlling our emotions over the interest rate and managing our economy is going to help us be in a better position to have a better success rate achieving our goal. So the C in basics stands for cash flow management. Specifically, where money is coming in and how it's working for you and then how it's leaving. That's managing your cash flow. When you have a success coach walking with you, managing the cash flow really helps you to determine how much money needs to go to the supercharged savings strategy. When you have enough built up in that, when do you pay off a debt? When you pay off a debt and you have a payment that you're no longer making, what do you do with that payment? Do you traditionally, in a traditional sense, take that payment and snowball it towards the next debt? Or do you take and replenish your savings emergency fund and your personal economy so that you can be aggressive paying off the next debt in a lump sum based on what's right for you? Well, again, managing your cash flow gives you flexibility, choices, and options. And that's what we're really interested in providing for the families we work with. We want to be responsible based on what you need for your family, what you need for your goal, and how you manage your life. Managing cash flow puts you in a position when things don't go right or when things get crazy or you have a couple hiccups, you're not out in the wind flailing. You're in control. You take it in stride. It's a speed bump on your path, not a mountain blocking your view of your future. We know that managing cash flow is one of the least understood pieces of the puzzle that people have. We talk to people who are 45, 55, 65, 80 years old who don't know how to manage cash flow. And when we explain the ripple effect and the long-term effect and the compound effect or impact on their lifetime lack of managing cash flow, it blows people away. It can be a quarter million dollar mistake by not managing cash flow. And if you're listening to this and you haven't been managing cash flow up to this point in time, you can start by managing cash flow today and actually start eliminating some of those impacts and that negativity down the line by taking control of your money today. Think about the last five years. Had you been managing your cash flow differently, making minimum payments instead of actual payments, you'd actually have a nest egg of several thousand dollars that you can take and apply towards a loan that's specifically fitting your goal and your strategy. As we're hitting a period of high inflation right now, you might have some loans that you're paying off that are 3% that you wish, why did I pay that 3% loan off? When I wasn't managing cash flow, I was working on, on emotion and I was listening to Dave, Rick, Susie, whoever the talking heads are, the people at church, my family, reading books, the person in the newspaper or, or the finance section on the internet. They're going to tell you, pay that mortgage off because you're going to save the interest. Well, you're not managing cash flow by paying that interest off. You're servicing the banks by paying that off. We want you to keep the money in your economy until it's the right time for you to do something. That's managing the cash flow. That's letting your cash flow work for you instead of against you. Think about what we just went through in the last couple of years. Had you been managing your cash flow for five years before that pandemic and you were sitting on eight, 10, 12 grand, and you had money in some of those accounts and they froze your interest rate, reduced your interest rate, stopped the payments, you would actually be sitting on enough money to have choices, options, and actually apply some of those dollars to create opportunities for you and your family instead of being in panic mode because we weren't managing the cash flow. 
Cash flow management is one of the biggest pieces that people don't understand that people should understand. They should have whole classes on cash flow management starting in kindergarten. It's not just an asset sheet and a liability sheet and a balance sheet. Cash flow management is, you know how much money you make if you're a W-2 employee. You know when you get paid. You know how much money goes out. And they've made it really simple for us to manage our payments with auto pay, bill pay, direct pay. Everyone wants you to do it. They tell you to round it up a little bit. Well, managing cash flow means that over the 15 bills that you round, round up an average of $20 each, that's $300 a paycheck that gets distributed out or a month, depending on how you make your payments, that's $3,600 a year, that's $20,000 over the last five or six years that was given away because you weren't managing your cash flow. And I know people are going to say, but Stan, think of how much money I've saved on interest by managing, by making those extra payments. That's fantastic. Is your priority to make the banks and the lending institutions have the highest spending unit of your dollar today instead of you owning that cash? Let me say that differently. A dollar today is worth 70 cents in two years, just based on inflation or 70 cents in five years or 10 years, whatever the number is. Do you want to have as many dollars that are worth a dollar today in your economy or do you want to give as many of those away as possible? So managing your cash flow keeps things in your control until you decide to let them go, let them go. And we've been trained that everything is based on ease and simplicity and you don't want to get dinged. So just put it on auto pay. Well, I agree with that. But do auto pay at the minimum until the time is right for you to make a lump sum on a, on a bill or pay a bill off completely and then take the the payment that was being used on that bill or that debt and redirect it based on what your goal is. Don't assume because you pay off your car at $400 a month that that $400 a month is going to go towards your mortgage. No way. That's going to go back in your economy. You're going to recapture that. You're going to use it. It's about controlling your money so you don't have unintended consequences. See, we transfer away most of our wealth unknowingly and unnecessarily. We don't need to do that. We should keep it, have control over it, use it how we want, and determine where it goes. Give it a job and let it do its job based on our timing, our goals, and our place in life. See, cash flow management needs to be a top priority. Because when we manage our cash flow, the balance of our debts go down quicker. Our active economy is more efficient. Our supercharged savings strategy is full. Our interest rate is not the pain point because we're not getting into new interest rate agreements that we can't manage. We have control. Cash flow management gives us that control. When we manage our cash flow the right way and we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, we can actually predict in our 60s, 70s, and 80s, what it looks like better because we can have control over how much money we set aside and save. That supercharged savings strategy is really an 18 to 24 month plan to build your emergency fund in your savings account, but it's actually giving you permission to take those dollars that you were saving in your emergency fund and manage that cash flow to work for you either to pay off debt or to build your retirement. Imagine if you managed your cash flow and you built your emergency fund so that in 24 to 36 months, you had a plan for how you're going to pay off your debt. 
You knew that you were going to pay off your debt at a certain point in time, but you had an extra six or $800 a month that you were saving in that supercharged savings strategy and from making minimum payments that you can now direct in any way that fits your needs. What are you going to need in three years? What's going to be more important to you in three years? Are you going to have any obstacles in three years? Do you have any opportunities in three years? What's your job look like in three years? What's your family look like in three years? What if you could save $800 a month from year three to year 15 and kept everything else on a minimum payment auto pay? What would that look like in year 16? Most of those debts would be gone anyways, but you would have a huge nest egg of six figures that you can do something positive with. And 15 years from now, you're going to be closer to retirement. If not in retirement, that extra six figures is going to be very helpful for you to use for what's important for your next phase of life. So managing cash flow changes with every phase of life. Remember, the responsible brand is about education for the next phase of life financially. Well, what you're doing in your 30s or 40s is way different than what's going to be important to you in your 50s and 60s, which is way different in your 70s. And when in your 80s and you're in the last phase, maybe, Hopefully you live to be 90 or more, but what's important to you is going to be way different. You're going to look back and you're you're not going to say, I'm so glad I paid off that debt so quickly and sacrificed my emergency fund when I'm 80. When you're 80, you might want to do something really nice for your grandkids. If you don't manage your cash flow, you might not have the option. So cash flow management is the key. Cash flow management really gives us permission to let everything else work for us instead of against us. Cash flow management is one of the most misunderstood ideas and concepts. When we stopped writing out physical checks and balancing our checkbook, a lot of the cash flow management went away. Everything is ATM and credit card. And I love that because it's a great way to do a budget, but it doesn't help me manage my cash flow. It doesn't tell me what I can spend. It doesn't tell me what I need to save. It doesn't tell me when I can aggressively pay off a debt. It doesn't tell me what to do when I pay off the debt, when I pay off a debt, what to do with that payment. It doesn't tell me how much I can spend on vacations. It doesn't tell me when to buy a Roth or when to invest in my retirement or when to overfund my 401k. It doesn't tell me what I have access to in my later years from an emergency fund. It doesn't tell me how to pay for my kid's college or what to do with the dollars that I don't spend on their college. Managing cash flow is key. If we understand that, everything else falls in line. So when we talk to the basics and we talk about the basics and we get back to the basics, a lot of people think, Stan, I would manage cash flow. I just don't have enough. I've got more month at the end of the paycheck because I don't make enough money. It's not because I'm being irresponsible, gambling, taking vacations, buying stuff on QVC constantly, Amazon drops off at my house. It's not that. I just don't make enough money. Well, if you've got some big goals or you're in a lean income season and you need to make more money, the last S is side hustle income plan. Your SHIP, S-H-I-P. Let's write the SHIP. If you need to make more money, what can you do? Well, there's many things that we do every day to make more money. And I'll tell you, a side hustle in my mind is not extreme couponing. That's something that you do just to be responsible and make your budget go a little further. But a side hustle income plan actually puts income in your pocket, doesn't reduce how much you have to spend. Seems like two sides of the same coin, but it's different. Income is something that you do 
above and beyond what you're currently doing to put more cash in your pocket, more dollars hit your bank account. And it's not your main gig. It's your side hustle. It's your gig economy. It's not your career. It's not your job. It's not what you're passionate about. Although it might be. Side hustle might be photography. It might be a hobby that you turn into an income stream. If that's the case, that's awesome. But a side hustle could be thing like working overtime. Maybe you're you have an opportunity to work overtime every week, three hours, four hours, five hours. It's not required. It's not mandatory. Base your regular income, your regular budget, your regular cash flow management on your 40-hour-a-week work week or your 36-hour-a-week work week. Then go work three, four, five extra hours a week. That extra increase is your side hustle income. What you do with that side hustle income plays into your big strategy, your overall picture, your cash flow management. Maybe it's for a short-term goal and maybe your side hustle is just for 18 to 24 months to build your emergency fund. Maybe your side hustle is for three years or four years to pay off a student loan or to pay off a debt. You know, what's interesting is we work three to four or five, six years to accumulate a student loan. Why shouldn't we do something for the same amount of time to eliminate the student loan? Doesn't that make sense? It took five years to accumulate. What makes us think we're going to pay it off in two? Well, why don't we get a side hustle? Why don't we do something a little bit extra to go pay that debt off quickly so that we can get back on track and start living life again? A side hustle might be working one Saturday a month. It might be working two Saturdays a month. If you can work two Saturdays a month and add an extra $200 or $300 to your bottom line every month, what can you do with that money? It doesn't mean you're going to make an extra $300 a month so you can spend an extra $350 a month. Let's be strategic and disciplined. Let's be focused and intentional with those dollars. Your side hustle might be coming home and driving Uber for five or five or 10 hours a week. Maybe it gives you some tax advantages too. I don't know. I'm not a CPA. Maybe your side hustle is having a renter if you have an extra room. And maybe that extra four, five, six hundred dollars a month coming towards your house gives you the ability to build your emergency fund and create that supercharged saving strategy, manage your cash flow, give you some breathing room so that you can look in the future and actually see a rosy picture instead of a stress out ringing feeling in your gut. Maybe it's a second job. Maybe it's starting a business. How many people are entrepreneurial, but they don't want to risk their whole lifestyle to start a business? Well, start a business part-time. There's tons of opportunities out there. But what you earn in your side hustle, keep. Don't give it away. Don't spend it. Save it. Treat it as above and beyond what you need to survive and thrive every day. The basics, when working together with synergy, complement each other. One enhances the other. Your active economy is, is impacted by your cash flow management, which manages your supercharged savings strategy, which actually helps you eliminate the balance on the debts or build the balances for your retirement, which gives you the timeline on your side hustle income plan. Maybe you only need to do the side hustle for four years. It might not have to be a lifetime decision. What if you're retired? Your side hustle might be working at the golf course in the summer so that you can play golf for free and make a little bit of money doing it and take some time out of your day that you're outside enjoying life. 
Maybe it is something that you really enjoy doing, you don't mind doing it, you look forward to it. It's a side hustle. At every phase in life, you might find you need something. I was working with someone who was driving to and from the airport because they knew two years from now their, their kid was going to go with the band overseas and they needed a certain amount of money to make it happen. So they got a side hustle to make the money to pay for it. It didn't disrupt their day. It didn't disrupt their week, their month, their year. It didn't disrupt their life. And he found that it was actually enjoyable learning about people and driving and getting up in the morning and having stories to tell. And it was interesting. It was exciting. But by the time the two years was done and they went on that trip overseas, he was ready to be done with that. It was a side hustle for a short period of time with a specific goal. It allowed him to keep everything else on track. And for a short period of time, do a little bit more to accomplish something. Really? That's the value. That's the basics. If we get the basics down, Pat, we can tackle anything that comes our way in life with more confidence, more security. There are some extreme things that happen that just take us out, right? Health issues, trauma, big financial issues, things that are outside of our control. But when we manage the basics, when we get the basics down, then we're ready for the advanced class. The problem with most people today is they start with the advanced class before they have the basics. They want to build the roof before they build a foundation. The basics is the foundation, which gives us permission to build a structure and then put a roof on it. Maybe managing your cash flow and managing your supercharged saving strategy and your side hustle is reducing what you're putting in your retirement account down to the match. If you don't have an emergency fund, why are you tying up more money long term? So that you can borrow against yourself and pay yourself interest with, with pre-tax dollars on a post-tax account. It's just too confusing. Don't do it. Get control of the basics. Manage it starting today. Work with your responsible brand, your success coach, the person who has experience who can give you the unemotional, logical, common sense things to do so you can talk about it, go back and forth, and then make the right decision for you. Remember, the whole goal of the responsible brand is to educate families based on facts, not fear, so they can make decisions that are right for them. We want to empower the landscape. We want to change the landscape of America by empowering the leader to make decisions based on facts, not fear. And that starts with the basics. Unfortunately, most people wake up at 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, or 80, and they've never learned the basics. Let's get back to the basics. Let's right the ship. Let's turn things around. Let's get control. Let's start moving forward in a responsible fashion, putting ourselves at the center of the responsibility instead of being responsible only to the banks, lending institutions, Wall Street, and Uncle Sam. I bet your family will be much happier knowing that you're being responsible for them first and foremost. You love them the most. You love them more than Uncle Sam, right? I'm patriotic and I love America, but I love my kids and my wife more. I love God more. I love those things more. I don't want to just give my money away. I work hard for what I earn. I take time away from my family to earn it. I sacrifice for the vacations, for the school, for the braces, for the travel sports, for the car, for the better car, for all the stuff. I don't want to give it away. I want to get the basics down pat. I want to be in control and I want to be prepared for the next phase of life financially. So I hope this impacts you. 
I hope this is valuable. I hope you learned something and I hope you're thinking of other people who need this and you could share this message with them. Most importantly, I hope you have a great day. I look forward to sharing more with you and God bless. Thank you for tuning in. For new and relevant information just like this, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and interact with the responsible community on all social media platforms. We'll see you soon.